You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green-Smith, episode 477. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP477. Oh, well, hey there. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing, or your partner asks what's bothering you, and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Well, hello, pod people. Amy here. It is time to talk about more self-love. So if you are new to the show, typically what I will do is a series where I'll do uh, anywhere between two to four episodes where I'm targeting one specific topic. And last week, we kicked off a brand new series around self-love. And if you did not catch that, I talked with my dear friend, Charday all about feeling good naked. What does self-love have to do with how you view your body. And I think many of us really struggle with that. So hopefully you catch that. Next week, I'll be digging into self-care and how that relates to self-love. But this week, we're going to be discussing 10 ways to really work on boosting that self-love. And one of the things that I want to talk about just briefly about self-love, I've heard some people say that they feel as though it is a selfish idea. And the one thing that I have always thought about every time I've heard that argument is in every other scenario, in every other situation, love is not selfish. It's one of the most abundant, beautiful things. So if we're talking about loving our partners or our world or our community or our best friend or siblings or children or whatever, that love is abundant. It's not a depleted, lack, scarcity sort of emotion. So why on earth would loving ourselves be anything other than abundant? So I think also that when we truly do love ourselves, we give other people the permission to do the same. We also show up in a way where we genuinely believe in our own worth. And all the folks who I know in my life who are highly boundaried or really confident or have really worked on genuinely, truly loving themselves – Those are some of the most straightforward, honest, compassionate people I've ever met because there's no like, oh, I need to people please you in order for you to like me or love me. Like I already am anchored in that truth internally. And so it makes the impact on other people 
wildly more compassionate and successful and uh, it, it it makes communication a ton easier. So I want to go through this and look at 10 different things that you can do. And if you tend to be an overachiever or are a recovering perfectionist, you don't have to do all these things, okay? What I want you to do is think about maybe one or two of these out of these 10 where you could take a a step this week or today even to help amplify your self-love and it would actually be a great baby step for you. Because I think sometimes we get so enamored with new tools or new ideas that we go, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this every single day of the week. And then I'm also going to journal for an hour. And then I'm going to also do... And wow, we get overwhelmed really quickly. And then we tend to throw in the towel when we do that. So I want you to just pick one or two of these that you really want to create a concerted action step around. And I would love to hear from you. So I hang out the most over on Instagram. You can find me under the handle, Hey Amy Green Smith, and find the meme for this episode and let me know what of these 10 you are really going to be focusing on and at what that actually looks like. So jumping in with number one, we've got creating weekly sacred time for yourself. Now, this can take a ton of different forms. This can be as simple as a 30-minute nap. This could be unwinding at the end of the day. This could be leisure where you're reading and you don't get a chance to read as much as you would like. It could be just straight-up solace where you're hanging out doing absolutely nothing. But here's the deal. Everything of importance, everything of merit in our world will go one of two places, typically. It'll either go on your calendar or on your to-do list. If you've hung out with me for any length of time, you've probably heard me talk about this. The things that do not fall through the cracks, where do you keep those things? Is it on a refrigerator list? Is it a list on your phone? Is it a calendar, a paper calendar? There is some place where work obligations or family obligations or community obligations do not fall through the cracks. Where do you house those items? Where do you house your work tasks or the things that are just not not up for negotiation? They have to get done. We need to get you in that vicinity, okay? So again, typically it's a calendar or a to-do list. Get yourself on that list or on that calendar. And it can, you don't have to be productive with this time. Okay. It could be that you're taking time to journal and you're doing something introspective. It could be that you are literally just laying down. (laughs) You don't have to also be doing something productive. Okay. The idea is I am allowed to exist. I'm allowed to take care of me in this small snippet of time. Okay. I know that we all have a shit ton on our plates. There's all these things that we're doing all the time, but you have to be important. All right. Especially if you're at odds in your relationship. And we're actually going to talk about this a lot with regards to boundaries in my upcoming retreat that I have uh, in May, coming up here in May. 
But one thing that happens when we are in a constant place of self-sacrifice and we're never on our own agenda is we also tend to have issues with speaking up with other people or getting caught doing and doing and doing for everyone else. So a lot of times, if you don't have sacred time for yourself, you also have very difficult time inside of your relationship. There's people that you're upset with that you complain about, but maybe don't actually voice it to them. There is a connection between how we feel about ourselves and how we show up with others in our life. So if you've been really frustrated feeling like you're doing everything in the household or you're at odds with a friend, there's a very strong chance that you have not carved out time for yourself. So just do a quick, not always, but do a little checks and balances there and see if you can get yourself on on your own calendar. Okay, number two, take care of your physical vessel. Now, if you've been hanging out, you know that I've been doing a lot of work around uh, anti-diet culture and fat liberation and even the reclamation of the word fat in our cultural landscape and I fully 100% believe that health and uh, really being feeling good in your body can look a shit ton of different ways. There's also a, a big conversation happening now with the obsession around health and what that means towards the disabled community and what that just means culturally. I'm going to take a step outside of that. I'm going to recognize that that definitely does exist. But here's my philosophy around this number two of taking care of your physical vessel. I fully believe that this body that you have is the only way to move your spirit around this planet. Your body is the vehicle for you to be able to commune with other people and connect and talk and emote and have intimacy and all of those things. So I want to make sure that I'm able to move my soul around this planet as, as long as I possibly can and to really enjoy life. And so that's going to be really different for every single person. But honoring the body that you are in, even if that is saying fuck it to diet culture, that is one of the most honoring things that you can do. And I'll I'll link in the show notes. We've done a whole episode or a whole series on body image. So if that's something that you've been struggling with, we'll link to that for you in the show notes. You can find that over at amygreensmith.com slash EP477. That's always where you can find the show notes, by the way, is the, the URL for that particular sh- episode. But taking care of that physical vessel is a way to say, I matter. I love who I am, even if I don't always like it. So one of the ways that I will kind of create a parallel between (laughs) loving and liking your body, your physical body, think about a child that you love dearly right? Maybe it's your own child. Maybe it's a niece or nephew or your bestie's kids. If they grab crayons and draw all over the fucking wall, in that moment, you are like, I don't like what you're doing here at all. (laughs) But you don't stop loving 
that child. That love is sort of the the baseline and the sort of barometer of which you are operating inside that relationship. Let's do the same thing with our bodies. We don't always have to like that we are having aches and pains or that there's more gray hair or lines than we used to have or that there's more weight. We don't always have to like that, but that doesn't mean that we have to stop loving and actually valuing our body. So if it's a stretch for you right now to use the word love, let's start with a value. Like I value my physical vessel. I care if I am getting enough dentist appointments, if I'm taking care of my yearly mammograms, if I'm uh, able to move, if I'm feeling filling my body with with nutritious ingredients, right? So I think giving yourself that freedom. It doesn't necessarily have to be body love, but let's say body value. Like at least I am valuing my physical vessel. So is there something that you could do this week, even if it is consuming more water or maybe doing some stretches if you've been feeling tight? Maybe it's booking a doctor visit with something that you've been kind of putting off for a while. Is there something that you can do to honor this little house that you operate inside, that your soul resides inside, that moves you around this planet. All right. So we've got number two, take care of your physical vessel. Number three, do things that make you proud of yourself. Now, a lot of times we go way too big on this. We go, okay, I will be proud of myself if I get my master's degree. (laughs) It's like, okay, Let's go a little bit more myopic. Let's go a little bit smaller. And let's find something that you could do in the next day that would actually make you proud of yourself. Maybe it is cleaning out a stack of papers that you've been saying you need to do. Maybe it's just getting that done. Maybe if you've been in a depressed place and you've been really going through it, maybe it's, I just need to shower today. And you'll be proud of yourself if you get that handled or just getting a prescription filled. Maybe that is is what we need to do today. So it does not have to be massive. Now, it could also be something like maybe there's somebody that you work with who you're like, oh, I think we could have a cool friendship. And you are constantly shy and that makes you really nervous. And so just going over to talk to that person at work or just initiating a conversation is a big step for you. That might be something that you are really fucking proud of, right? It could be that you decide to wear something that you never permitted yourself to wear because of your body size. And you're like, fuck it, I'm going to wear this midriff, or I love these heels, even though I can only wear them for 10 minutes, whatever. Something that makes you proud of yourself. It could even be as simple as I'm starting to save. And so I automatically set up a savings for $10 per month. You know, it might not be something astronomical. I'm trying to give you a depiction that Doing something that you are proud of does not have to be massive. Pick one small thing. It could even be in your relationship, in a marriage perhaps, where it's really difficult for you to acknowledge your partner because there's so much animosity or bitterness. So just telling your partner thank you for something or expressing gratitude will make you proud of yourself. Like I've actually contributed. I'm doing something positive towards this relationship. So something small, thinking about what could I do in the next day or two 
that I would genuinely feel proud of myself doing. And this is something that we're going to talk about a lot at my retreat coming up in May. So if you haven't heard me talk about it, it is a retreat called I'm Enough Already. And we're really talking about self-worth, but three major components that affect your self-worth are confidence, your boundaries, your ability to speak up with other people, as well as forgiveness, forgiveness for yourself and your forgiveness for other people. Think about how many situations you have in your life where you think, well, I would be different if my partner would just get their shit together. Or, well, if it wasn't for my the way my parents fucked me up, then I would, I would be just fine. I have to watch this myself with religious trauma stuff where I want to blame everything on that. And so actually forgiving those situations, not saying that it's acceptable or it's okay, but being able to move beyond that and say, I'm not going to suffer over those things any longer, massively informs how you feel about your own enoughness. Now, of course, all of this stuff is going to be massively transformational and totally badass, which I cannot wait, but we're going to also be doing it in a motherfucking paradise. We're going to Puerto Vallarta, which is on the West Coast area of of Mexico. And it is all inclusive. I had uh, somebody ask me the other day, is it really all inclusive? And I'm like, yes, 100% all inclusive. The only thing that's not included is you flying. So you would have to book your flight out to Puerto Vallarta, but we will have airport transfers pick you up from the airport, bring you to the resort. It's a small boutique resort, bunch of like fun, fancy shit, like getting sparkling cider or champagne upon arrival. You get like to pick out a pillow menu. You have uh, aromatherapy that you pick out for your room, like all sorts of fun, fancy shit. But yeah, everything, all your meals, that includes room service, 24-hour room service. That includes the mini bar, all alcohol, all desserts, like anything you need. So uh, in its, of course, accommodations at this gorgeous resort, for one, you get your own private room. So if you're interested in that and you're going, I need to shift this belief that I'm not enough, I need to really start working on my own worthiness and confidence and being able to stand in my own power, if you feel like you get in your own way, girl, check it out. Go to amygreensmith.com slash enough. And that will show you absolutely all of the details. Here's what you need to know. Early bird pricing is on still until January 31st. So that means you have to submit your application by January 31st and book a call with me so that we can just chat and make sure it's the right solution for you and get all registered by the 31st before the price increases. And I extended that. It was originally going to be January 19th. Now it's extended. So if you want to save, get your ass over there. There's also a payment plan available and it is going to be so, so unbelievable. Meeting with like-minded women in real life, working on shit that matters is so transformational. So again, check out that link in the show notes or go to amygreensmith.com slash enough. Okay, number four, watch your inner conversation. That is something that we're going to be talking about at the retreat as well. Here's the deal. If you're familiar with the theory of mind, 
we have our conscious mind, our subconscious mind, and then we also have the critical factor of the mind that's kind of right in between those two, also known as the inner critic. Now, the inner critic speaks to us sometimes in literal verbatim words where you hear a phrase in your mind that says, you are not enough or that's not possible for you or what are you thinking or you're so stupid or whatever. Now, for other individuals, they never hear literal words, okay? It's a type of sensory preference. When somebody hears a lot of self-talk statements in their head, almost like there's a narrator, that is called an audio-digital sensory preference. And I'm not going to get into that tremendously. It doesn't matter all that much. It's just about acknowledging that for yourself. Now, other folks will just have what I like to call self-sentiment. So instead of it being actual self-talk, it's just sort of like a self-sentiment. It's an understanding or a thought that shows up that is uh, an understanding that I'm not enough or it's not possible for me, or I'm so gross, or I'll never be worth anything. And it, you don't hear the words necessarily, but there's an essence to it. There's a, there is a sentiment. So no matter what that is, it doesn't matter. It's about us changing that and recognizing when that thought or those words are present and course correcting and actually changing that. And that's something that we're going to be digging into a lot at the retreat and looking at like, what does that actually sound like? What do I actually do with that? Because um, here's here's what I've noticed a lot with personal development and something that is really important to me in all of my programs and when I teach. A lot of times we get presented with with things in personal development that are just a really good fucking idea, like being compassionate with yourself or establishing boundaries. And it's like, what the fuck does that really mean? What does that actually look like? So I think it's really important that you're set up with tools to show you here's what you actually do. Otherwise, it's just like, yeah, no, I'm on board. I would like to be compassionate, but what does that mean? How do I actually do that? I call that field work. What we're doing after we've learned the tool or consumed the information, what do we do in our day in and day out life? So watching your inner conversation, that is about actually switching what you are saying to yourself or the sentiment you are allowing. It's altering that in the exact moment. So for example, if I all of a sudden get this notion that, oh shit, I'm not good enough for that, or there's no way that I could put my name in for that promotion, I'm, I've am i got all this imposter complex about that. What if they find me out? I'm starting to hear all that. And then I go, okay, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. I'm making up a huge story. I'm not going down that path or no, thank you. I'm not interested in that narrative. Let me think about all of the amazing things that I have accomplished, right? There's a ton of different ways we can start altering that. But that's number four. Watch your inner conversation. Number five, this is one of my favorites. Have an opinion and use it. Here's an example. If you are amongst a group of folks and everybody is deciding on if they sh where we should go for lunch and you really, really want Thai food, but everybody's kind of popping up saying like, well, we could do Italian or, oh, we could do that, make your own salad place or whatever. And you're 
instinct is to people please and just to say, well, I'll go wherever you guys want to go, wherever, wherever you guys want to go. Yeah, I'm up for it, whatever, whatever. Instead, I want to challenge you to actually say, hey, you know what? I could really go for Thai food. Now, that does not mean that you're going to dig your heels in and say, I'm not going anywhere else but Thai. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I want you to start flexing, giving voice to things that you genuinely want. That doesn't mean that we're not going to say like, okay, yeah, we can go here or we can go there or that we actually double down and fight really hard for it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we need to start sending the message to your mind that your wants, opinions, and needs actually matter. All right. That is one of the biggest reasons why we don't speak up or why we don't establish boundaries. This is why we're going to be talking about boundaries a lot at the retreat, because we think that staying silent, that just being quiet, where we are, quote, not rocking the boat or, you know, we're not opening up a can of worms or we buy into these ideas of, I just really don't like confrontation. Girl, get in fucking line. Like we all do not want confrontation. But here's the problem. Every time we silence ourselves because we don't want to rock the boat and we just sweep it under the rug and we're going, I just don't want to deal with it. What we're doing is we're sending a message to our subconscious mind that our wants, needs, and opinions just do not matter as much as someone else. And that pattern over and over and over again contributes to our self-worth. So when I'm telling you to have an opinion and actually use it or actually share it, I'm not doing it for some arbitrary personal development exercise. I'm doing it because your self-worth, your enoughness literally depends on it. The more you learn to give voice to what's happening for you, the more you amplify your self-worth. And the more you amplify your self-worth, the more you're able to get what you want in this lifetime. So when you are in a place where you don't believe that you matter or your voice doesn't matter, you're not enough— then that also makes it really difficult to change careers or to go for a promotion or to get back into the dating scene or to ask for what you want from your partner or to give voice to something with your family or your best friend because we've already nurtured that belief that we don't matter. So all of that shit outside of yourself that you want to change when you want to change that career or that dynamic inside of your relationship – then we need to start bolstering that self-worth. And a part of that is actually being vocal about what's happening for you. So number five, have an opinion and use it. Before we continue, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank Let's Get Checked for sponsoring this podcast. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing super easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. Well, testing for what, you might ask? Well, they have a huge array of at-home testing kits, including women's health, men's health, sexual health, and wellness kits. In fact, I did two of the women's hormone testing kits 
And it could not have been easier. And then when I received the results, I was able to simply forward them onto my naturopath to get her thoughts. All you do is you simply choose your test online. It will be delivered to you in discreet packaging with next day delivery. And then once your sample arrives in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. Once your results are available, they'll be reviewed by a physician and then a nurse will contact you for a consultation over the phone. And in some cases, a physician will be able to provide prescriptions to the pharmacy of your choosing. Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. Let's Get Checked lets you avoid uncomfortable office visits by providing you with access to home testing and professional medical consultations without ever leaving your home. It has never been this simple to get tested. So get this. If you want to try a test from Let's Get Checked, all you got to do is go to trylgc.com slash bold truth to save a whopping 30% on your first test kit. 30%. Just use the code bold truth, all one word at checkout. That's bold truth to save 30% on your first test kit. Now let's jump back into today's topic. Number six, separate how you feel from your self-worth. Now I'm going to link to a handful of other podcasts. Like we've done a ton of other shows around dealing with your inner critic, how to speak kindly to yourself. We've also done one around separating how you feel, like your emotions that come up from your self-worth. So I'm not going to do a huge deep dive on this because you can definitely go and listen to that uh, additional podcast. But the idea is this. When we have a uncomfortable emotion that comes up, like sadness or shame or guilt or overwhelm or frustration, a lot of times we'll take what we feel and we will collapse that or attach it to our self-worth. So I'll give you an example. You've probably heard me say this one before. Years ago, I was doing community theater, and I went up for a role that I really, really wanted, and I didn't get it. So in that moment, I had a lot of emotion, right? Of frustration, of sadness, a little bit of a little bit of shame. Like, am I bad? Am I wrong? Right? Like I have all this emotion coming up. And in that moment, I could take that sadness, that overwhelming sadness and disappointment from not getting something that I wanted. And I could make that mean that I'm not enough, that I'm not worthy. Instead, what I want you to do is focus on allowing yourself to just feel what you feel. You are allowed to be disappointed if you don't get something that you want, but that does not mean you are not enough or valuable or worthy as a person, okay? So check out that additional podcast if you want a little bit of a deeper dive on that. But this is really sort of the essence of why I created this retreat coming up because it is by far the biggest obstacle that I see with women, this idea that I'm not enough, that I'm not worthy. And then we wonder why we have imposter complex. We wonder why it's so difficult to establish boundaries. It's all tied to our sense of self-worth. Okay, let's look at number seven then. 
take a relationship inventory and let's do some house cleaning. Now, this doesn't mean we have all these hard conversations and we just drop people out of our life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we get really clear about who do I commune with on a regular day in and day out basis or even a weekly basis. And are those folks people who bolster my self-worth? Are they people who help me be a better person? Or are they pulling me down? Are they telling me things like, oh, you could never say that? when I'm talking about establishing a boundary? Or are they locked into, let's say, diet culture and always talking about their latest diet and the thing that they want to, you know, grabbing their thighs and saying, look how gross I am. And you're really trying to work on loving your body or even just accepting your body. That might be a relationship where you have to scale down a little bit. So it doesn't mean a hard conversation and like I'm breaking up with you as a friendship or even in a relationship, but it might mean we scale down a little bit or we establish a boundary. Another reason why we're going to be covering that at the retreat, because so many people don't know the actual anatomy of a boundary. Like, what does that actually mean? First of all, how do I find them? So I have done a podcast specifically on how to know what boundaries to set. Like, how do I even find what boundaries I need to set? (laughs) So I'll link to that in the show notes as well, plus tons of boundary conversations that I've had on the show before. But if you know you need some specific work and you need specific help and tell me how to say this or here's the issue, how do I actually speak up about this? What words do I use? How do I engage in this conversation? How do I own my shit? How do I watch my tone of voice? Like There are a lot of elements to the anatomy of a boundary that I think most of us miss. You know, a majority of what's out there is just like, it's time to speak up. And it's like, okay, great, but fucking how? (laughs) So one of the things, too, that I'm really excited about with the retreat is every single module that we do at the the resort will have take-home exercises. So there will be specific spots where you can write down, okay, these are the things that I'm going to do as soon as I get home. And we're going to have time to really triage that and go, okay, here's the first thing that I'm going to put on my calendar and here's how I'm going to carve out some time for myself. Here's how I'm going to sustain all of these things that I've learned. Here's how I'm going to implement all of these things that I've learned. All right. So number seven, you're going to take a relationship inventory and do some house cleaning if necessary. Number eight, I think you're already doing this, but check in and see if you need a deeper dive here. Work on your personal development, okay? Something that I started this year uh, and I've gone through a couple of therapists is specifically working on religious trauma. So I recognized as far as personal growth goes, I really want to start healing some of the past religious issues that that I have experienced as a child. And I also want to do some deep learning around uh, fat liberation and around diet culture and changing my relationship with my body. So I very specifically have sought out resources, therapists who specialize in that, been curating my feeds on social media platforms so that I'm, I'm getting this sort of information. 
So think about that for you. What are the major issues that are are holding you back right now? And start looking for resources specific to your situation. So for example, if you feel like confidence is an issue or imposter complex, or like we've been talking about today, worthiness, like at the deep piece of all of this, it comes down to, I don't believe that I'm enough. I don't believe in my own value. Then, hey, get your ass to Mexico. Let's go, let's go on this retreat. But no, seriously, it's figuring out what are the things that are the biggest obstacles for me right now. Sometimes it's it's how you view, I've, I've seen this many times from people who are cishet women, they will say, I have a really difficult time trusting men. Like I don't trust men, which hey, there, there's a lot of evidence to support that, <laughs> a lot of reasons why you wouldn't want that. But if you're wanting to have a relationship, an intimate partnership with a, with a man, then you might have to work on that trust. So you might search out specifically learning how to trust inside of an intimate partnership. So start thinking about like, what are the big categories for me? And do I need additional support? Because there is this other thing that happens that I see all the time, and I call it collecting. It's where you collect all this personal development. So you collect podcasts, you listen to a bunch of shit, you read a bunch of books, and and you might even do some programs, but you just consume it almost like academia. You consume it like consuming it is enough instead of actually getting into action, doing the field work, catching your thoughts, changing that around, noticing your beliefs, fueling your mind with something different. If that's the case, I highly encourage you to consider some sort of a mentorship, a therapist, a coach, a retreat, something that is systemized as a support for you. Because one of the other things that I see constantly is people thinking that they are broken, that there's something uniquely wrong with them when it's not. We all have faulty beliefs. And usually that big monolithic belief for many of us is you're just not enough, right? So, and that is the antithesis of self-love. It is the direct opposite of self-love. When you are in a self-loving place, it is so easy to say, I am enough, period, period. All right, so you are going to work on your personal D. (laughs) That sounds kind of dirty, but decide what that looks like. Is it a specific area? Is it a specific type of accountability that you might need? Okay, number nine, we're going to choose empowering behaviors. Now, we can change how you feel about yourself, how much you love yourself through multiple entry points. So we can do that by shifting your actual behavior. We can do that by shifting your internal sentiment or conversation, like your whole self-talk thing. We can do that through monitoring your emotions. There's a lot of different entry points. So I want you to start looking at your various behaviors, and usually they're tied to an emotion, right? Like when we're bored, we might just scroll through social media. Or if we are feeling really overwhelmed, we might turn to drinking. Or if we're sad, we might, if we're pretty much anything, we might turn to drinking. But there are ways that we kind of turn to specific behaviors to try to change how we feel 
typically. So I want you to start looking at the behaviors that you're employing and asking yourself, if 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 I truly loved the person that I am, would I continue to choose this behavior? And then we can start altering that and going, what sort of behaviors would a self-loving person employ? And then we're kind of attacking it through a behavioral aspect, through an internal conversation aspect, and also an emotional aspect. All right. So check in on like, do I collude with other people? Am I meeting with my friends and all we do is talk about our shitty ass exes or about how much we hate our bodies or about how much we hate our bosses or whatever it is? Like, is colluding a behavior that you need to watch because it doesn't help you love yourself anymore. What about connection? What about gratitude? Those are great behaviors to employ to help you amplify your self-love. Maybe it's planning. Maybe when you are organized and planned out, you feel way better about yourself and it's easier for you to talk kindly to yourself. So, you you can look at your behaviors in a very positive light or a negative light. Which ones of these behaviors that I do are really self-loving and then which ones maybe aren't? And can I scale down on those a little bit? Okay, number 10. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> this one is so I can always tell how somebody feels about themselves if they don't accept compliments. I can also tell how people feel about themselves if they over-apologize for who they are or what they did or what they said when it was no big deal. Like literally when someone asks a question and you answer the question and then they say, I'm sorry I'm such a nag today or I'm sorry I'm so high maintenance. It's like you literally just asked a question of somebody you hired. You hired me. No. No. That no, that then I immediately know, okay, there's some self-worth stuff here. Same is true for inability to accept compliments or sitting with some acknowledgement. I can see this with certain students, and they are usually the ones who want to acknowledge everybody else, but they don't want it turned towards them. That is a self-love thing. That is a self-worth thing. So you don't have to say, oh my gosh, yeah, I agree. I'm totally the shit and I'm amazing. You don't have to do that. But simply saying thank you and not trying to talk them out of their acknowledgement or not trying to turn it back on them and saying, oh, but you are so amazing or you this, this, this. Just stopping when somebody says, oh my gosh, you look amazing today. Or if they say, hey, you did such an incredible job on that report. Or wow, I was so impressed with what you had to say in that meeting. Don't try to talk them out of it. Don't try to talk about how they are the shit, actually. No, you, no, you. Stop and just say, thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. Or I'm going to really soak that in for the rest of the day. That means the world to me. Just say thank you. Just say thank you. That is, again, one of those behaviors that you can start doing that starts sending a message to your mind that you are worthy of compliments, that you are worthy of acknowledgement. That is huge, all right? 
Okay, so let's do a quick little recap. And again, we've got tons of different podcasts that I've done in the past, deep dives on a lot of these different things. So be sure to check the show notes to uh, find any additional pods if you need links. Okay, number one, create weekly sacred time for yourself. Weekly, my friends. Number two, take care of your physical vessel, whatever that looks like. Do things that make you proud of yourself. Small things, small things, my friend. Number three. Uh, Number four is watch that inner conversation. And there'll be more pods linked for you in the show notes around that. Number five, have an opinion and use it. Number six, separate how you feel in the um, in that immediacy, in that sadness or that frustration or disappointment, separate that emotion from your self-worth. And again, if you need a much deeper dive on that and a lot more instruction, check out the retreat that I have coming up and you have to do it soon because the price is going to jump. So get your application in. Let's have a quick conversation and just make sure it's good. We'll get you all registered. Again, you can find all the information on the all-inclusive five-day gorgeous resort uh, retreat that we're having in May, this coming May, at amygreensmith.com slash enough. All right, number seven, take a relationship inventory and do some house cleaning. There will be some more links in the show notes for additional pods on that one as well. Number eight, work on that personal D. Work on your personal development. Decide on specific topics and issues that you want to remedy and take some concerted effort to start changing those things. Number nine, choose empowering behaviors. Watch how much you are colluding with other people or scrolling or like doing mundane things. Is it resting? Are you allowing yourself to recharge? Is that a self-loving behavior? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it absolutely is. So look at those behaviors and ask yourself, is this a self-loving thing to do? Number 10, work on gracefully accepting compliments. And there you have it, 10 ways to boost your self-love. I want you to scoot over to Instagram and tell me what you are going to be doing of these 10, maybe one or two that you're really going to be focusing on. And next week, we're going to be digging into four major categories of self-care and how those impact and inform our self-love. So you don't want to miss that. Again, if you are interested in the retreat, I have a very small, limited, very limited amount of spots left. If it's calling to you, please go check out all the details. I have an exhaustive Q&A over there. And there's ways for you to send me an audio, video, or text message right through right through that page. And I will respond directly if there's anything else that I didn't cover. But just get your application in. Sometimes just filling out the application is helpful. <laughs> and just like, whoa, okay. That really helps me kind of identify the things that are going on for me. So amygreensmith.com slash enough. So that is it for this week. I will see you around these parts next week. Please remember your voice matters. You are enough. So go out there and speak your bold-faced truth. Peace. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. 
Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you. Bye.